First John chapter 1, New King James. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled, concerning the word of life, the life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you, that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you, that your joy may be full. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Amen. Good evening, brothers and sisters. If we can all stand for prayer before, before the sermon, if we can all stand for prayer and ask God to bless. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank and we praise you that we are present here in the house of prayer. We ask for your blessing upon your word. We thank and we praise you that you are with us, that you are the living word of God, Jesus Christ. And we thank you, Lord, that your word is sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrating through both bone and marrow, soul and spirit, dividing, Lord, for your word is truth. Teach us, edify us, Lord, that we may walk according to your word and according to your will. Thank you, Lord. May I go small and you be big, Lord. We thank you for everything in the name of Jesus Christ, who is blessed forever and ever. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. We have been doing our series on the word culture for the past few weeks. And tonight I would like to share with you several passages. If you can open up to the book of Proverbs chapter 1. Again, that is the book of Proverbs chapter 1. I will read from verses 20 through 33. Again, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 20 through 33. If you do not have a Bible, please look at the screen or share with your neighbor. Wisdom cries out loud in the street. In the markets, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gates, she speaks. How long, O oh simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will you scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? If you churn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. Because I have called and you refuse to listen, I have stretched out my hand and no one has heeded. Because you have ignored all my counsel and would have none of my reproof, I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when terror strikes you. When terror strikes you like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind. When distress and anguish come upon you, then they will call upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but will not find me. 
because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, would have none of my counsel and despised all my reproof. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their way and have their fill of their own devices. For the simple are killed by their turning away, and the complacency of fools destroys them. But whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. Amen. We sang the words right before the sermon, hide me now under your wings. And, and the further on we sing, we hear the words, the thunders roll, I will soar with you. Remember those words? Well, I don't recall all of the song. I won't recite it right now. But when we look at this proverb here, I read it the other morning with my wife. I remember reading it not long ago, and there was an interesting thought that came to me. This wisdom here that we read about in chapter 1 that Solomon wrote, the same wisdom calls to us, and the same wisdom is Jesus Christ. And if we look in this verse 20 and 21, 22, where is wisdom? Where is wisdom? She's in the marketplace. She's at the gates of the city. She is at the center of the place where there is many people walking through and coming, and the hustle and the bustling of the busy marketplace. And so during a prosperous time, the people are located there, but wisdom is crying out to them. And what is wisdom saying? Come to me. Come to me. Leave your simple ways. Come to me. And what do the fools do? They scoff. They laugh. I don't need wisdom. I'm okay without it right now. We're in a prosperous time. There's no calamities. There's no problems. Everything's good and fine. And we don't need it. We go down further on. What does it say? What does wisdom say? But you ignored my counsel. You ignored my reproof, my teaching. You rejected my knowledge. And because you did so, when calamity strikes you, you will not find me. And so here it is, and we see it in our time right now, in our culture, we see it. People say, we don't need Christ. We have everything. Everything is fine. Business is booming. It's growing. Everything's fabulous. There's so much prosperity. Unemployment so low, so on and so forth. But there's a stern warning that Solomon leaves us behind here. And what is that? When calamity strikes... And calamity will strike. Just years ago, if you recall 2008, maybe some of you don't remember, maybe some of you do, the banks were failing. Recession hit. The house is collapsing. The market is going down. And every day, billions of dollars are lost in the market. Credit card consumers are in the down lows. Nobody can use credit card. No loans are being given out. You remember this, right? This was, what, eight, nine years ago? And now we're at the time in our culture where we live, credit card debt is higher than ever before. It preceded the last record in 2008. Student loans are above a trillion dollars. Car loans above a trillion dollars. Credit card debt above a trillion dollars. What do you think? Will calamity come? 
yeah. Of course it will come. It will come. Scripture says right here it will come. But there's a promise. If in this time, in this prosperous time, we see Christ, we listen to wisdom, we walk with Christ, we stay true to wisdom and His Word, which is wisdom, then we will be able to be like that Christian who sings the song that we just sang. When thunders roar, when problems come, we'll be with Christ. And that is what Solomon summed it up here in verse 33. But whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. Our culture doesn't believe that. Our culture doesn't believe that disaster can strike in a moment. Our culture doesn't believe that there can be no stress. But when we put our hope and trust in Jesus Christ, no matter the circumstance, whether it's in the, what happens in our physical life, what, whatever happens in our spiritual life, we're with Christ. We're with Christ, and Christ can lead through and strengthen. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen and amen. So, don't be complacent. Complacency destroys fools. Okay? Accept the knowledge of Jesus Christ, follow Christ, and don't listen to what the world says out there. But listen to the Word of God. Amen? Let's continue on with the book of Romans chapter 13. Book of Romans chapter 13, verses 8 through 14. We will continue in the passage which we have been studying. We've been studying the book of Romans chapter 12 and 13. Does anyone want to recite from chapter 12 what chapter 12 of Romans is about? Chapter 12 of Romans. We remember from verse 1 and so on, the living sacrifice. Now it's good for us to have God's word memorized. And if, if we don't know word for word the verses, at least sections of the chapter. Okay, so in Romans chapter 12... We're going to repeat it so that we can concrete it more in our head and in our heart. Apostle Paul is saying that he's appealing to them so that they may present their bodies as a living sacrifice. Remember that passage? Further on from verses 3, it talks about the gifts that are given to the church. Remember, encouraging is one of them. Giving generously. This is gifts of the Spirit given to the church so that the church is edified and grows. In the beginning of it, it says not to think of oneself more highly than he ought to, but think of himself in sober judgment. Remember that passage? Later on, we talk about the marks of a true Christian towards the end of chapter 12 in Romans. What a true Christian looks like. Remember in that passage, in that section, it speaks about vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I will repay Leave that for God. What else? Uh, show hospitality. Uh, do not be haughty. Associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own sight. This is marks of how a true Christian lives. And the Apostle Paul gave us the instructions he showed on how to live practically as a Christian in the world where the culture is totally against Christianity. And this stays true to our time. Now, chapter 13, last week you, you heard uh, Dennis, I believe, preaching about submission to authorities. Do you remember this passage? Yes? 
say amen if you remember. Amen. Submission to authorities means we can riot, true or false. False. Of course it's false. We don't riot. We are Christians and so on. So we, so we submit to the authority. We pray for the governing authority. We pray for those who are in political offices. We pray for those in leadership. And we pay our taxes where our taxes are due. Right? Amen. Yes. So this is very elementary. However, a lot of people don't follow it. A lot of Christians don't follow it. We as a true Christian, we will give our taxes where our taxes are honored, where our honor is due, and so on. And we will pray for those in authority. Amen? Now that is what was spoken about last week. This week, we're going to read from chapter 13, verses 8 through 14. That is chapter 13, 8 through 14. If you have your Bible, please open up there. And we'll read from... Verse 8. When you're there, just say amen. Amen. Oh, no one anything, except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word. You shall Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake up from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than we first believed. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Amen. What do we get from this passage? We can really divide this section right here, verse 8 through 14, in two parts. The first part is love, speaks about love. And next part are some rules about not sleeping but being awake. Let us look in the first part. Oh, no one, anything except to love each other. For the one who loves one another has fulfilled the law. Now, what is the law? This is... Again, basic, but we need to understand what the law is in the Bible in order to understand this passage. What is the law? The commandments. The commandments that God gave Moses, right? Right. And in that law, we find not only the Ten Commandments, but we find about 630 other laws. Laws that God gave the nation of Israel to follow. Did they follow it? To a certain degree, yes. Did they come short and break the law? Yes, oftentimes. Very often. And that is why they went to the priest and, and prayed for forgiveness and sacrificed animals. And they did this on a daily basis so that they may be forgiven. Now the law showed them that they were sinners. But we look in Scripture when Christ came... And one of the lawyers or the teachers of the law came to Christ and decided to ask him, what is the greatest commandment? 
Now we remember this story. What did Christ say? Does anyone remember? Absolutely. To love one another. To love the Lord your God and to love your neighbor as yourself. And he said on these two commandments, the law hangs. The law and the prophets hang according to the book of Matthew 22.40. That's where it's from. What does this mean? What does it mean that all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments? When Christ said this, the Pharisees, it says in that passage, after he questioned them, they dared not ask him anything again. In other passages, Christ said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. But what does he mean about the law and the prophets hanging on these two commandments? Let's take a look at the Ten Commandments, okay? Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife or anything in thy neighbor's property. Okay, we'll just take those four examples. If we truly loved our neighbor to the right, to the left, before or front, if we truly loved our boss, if we truly loved our co-workers, if we truly loved one another, would we kill each other? No. Would we steal from each other? No. Would we curse each other? No. Would we desire harm for one another? No. Would we take each other's spouses? No. We wouldn't. We wouldn't do that. And so all the commandments and all the laws that were given to the nation of Israel really were rules. But if each and every single one of those Israelites truly loved God and truly loved their neighbor, there wouldn't need to be any rules. Yes or no? Yes or no? Because if they truly loved their neighbor, they wouldn't desire any of that. If they truly loved God, they would live a life to please God. And families wouldn't be broken. And there would be no sexually transmitted diseases. And there would be no drugs. There would be no addictions. There would be no, just think of it. On those two commandments that Christ gave. And those two commandments are harder to fulfill. They're hard to fulfill. It's hard to love neighbors. It's hard to love bosses. It's hard to love family sometimes. Or am I the only one? Am I the only one? <laughs> I don't think so. But Christ gave us that love. That love comes only from Jesus Christ. I would like to read to you a quote on the early Christians. This was written in A.D. 120, Authors Unknown, but it's a description on how the early Christians lived. And I want you to please pay attention to this. This was written in A.D. 120. I'm not going to read the whole text, just a little bit. Please pay attention carefully. They dwell in their own countries, but simply as sojourners. As citizens, they share in all things with others and yet endure all things 
as if foreigners. Every foreign land is to them as their native country, and every land in their birth as a land of strangers. They marry, as do all others. They beget children, but they do not destroy their offspring. They have a common table, but not a common bed. They are in the flesh, but they do not live after the flesh. They pass their days on earth, but they are citizens of heaven. They obey the prescribed laws and at the same time surpass the laws by their lives. They love all men and are persecuted by all. They are unknown and condemned. They are put to death and restored to life. They are poor yet make many rich. They are in lack of all things and yet abound in all. They are dishonored and yet in their very dishonor are glorified. They are evil spoken of and yet are justified. They are reviled and they bless. They are insulted and they repay the insult with honor. They do good yet they are punished as evildoers. When punished they rejoice as if quickened into life. They are assailed by the Jews as foreigners and are persecuted by the Greeks. Yet those who hate them are unable to assign any reason for their hatred. To sum it all up in one word, what the soul is to the body that are Christians in the world. Isn't that an interesting description of early Christianity? And this isn't the only one. There's other texts out there where historians speak about Christians, and they say they are an interesting people. They serve one God who they believe resurrected from the dead. They have communion. They pray and sing to him. They say he died but rose. People hate him. People kill him. They persecute him. They throw him to the lion's den. But they sing. They rejoice. And when they're thrown in prison, the only reason they're thrown in prison is because of their belief in Jesus Christ and that he resurrected from the dead. But they are not murderers, they're not thieves, they're not adulterers. Yet they're killed. And nobody can find a reason why. Now, the reason is we know because it's a spiritual warfare. But the culture against Christianity at that time to our time is still no different. It's still no different. And even though at that time thousands of gods were served, but Christians believed in one God, and so now we live in a time where they say no God exists, there's nothing out there supernatural, nothing spiritual, yet we Christians still believe in the one same true God, Jesus Christ. And the culture still against Him. No reasons. No reasons why the culture says Christians are haters. Christians hate. No hatred allowed here. Christians are not the haters. Who's screaming hater? Not the Christian. It's not the Christian. The Christian has the love that is given to him by Jesus Christ and by the Holy Spirit. 
Now Christ himself said these words. When we go back into Romans 13, it says, For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And any other commandment are summed up in this word, love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 10, love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. Christ himself said, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And he quoted Leviticus chapter 19 verse 18 that's written in the law love your neighbor love the Lord your God with all your heart mind soul and strength John 14 15 says if you love me you will keep my commandments Christ himself said if you love me in John 14 15 if you love me you will keep my commandments you will keep this word here you will love your neighbor and you will love your God and who is our God? Jesus Christ. We heard it today in John chapter 1. He manifested himself to us. He came down to earth as a man. He became man. John chapter 1 says the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Christ himself manifested himself in man form. Yet he is God. Died, resurrected, and rose up. And we proclaim that. And we confess and believe that as Christians. And so because we believe and confess and profess in Christ, so we follow his commandments. What does scripture say? You will know them if they love one another. You'll know them by their fruit. You'll know if the love of the Father is in them. And it's not the love that the culture and the world speaks about. It's the love that is pure and holy and righteous. And so we go on in this passage. Let's continue on. Besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake up from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than we first believed. 1 Corinthians 15.34 says this. Wake up from your drunken stupor as is right and do not go on sinning. For some have no knowledge of God. I say this to your shame. Apostle Paul says this. 1 Corinthians 15.34, Ephesians 5.13, Awake, O sleeper, arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. 1 Thessalonians 5.6, So then, let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. What is sober? That's a very important word these days, because what does the culture teach? Uh, there's a book by David Wilkerson. It's re uh, the title is uh, Visions. The vision he saw in 1973. He said, in the latter days, there will be such an obsession for weed that the adults will be hooked on it and it will be legalized because everyone's tired of fighting it. And so it's true that we find in Christianity where some Christians say, well, what's wrong with smoking dope? What's wrong with vaping? Scripture says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 6, be sober, be awake, be awake. Culture will say whatever else. And it's very sad. You can talk, you can talk to pharmacists or pharmacy techs, ask him, how much do you think people are on drugs these days? And the statistics are very sad. Ask them. There's one pharmacy tech who told me one time, and she told my wife, I don't think there's much sober people left out there. I see moms who have six kids come and take drugs. 
to keep them calm. I see this and that, this and this, this and that. I'm just afraid. We Christians are called not to be sleeping at the time when the world sleeps and everyone says peace, peace, prosperity, prosperity, right? But we Christians, knowing the Word of God and what we read in Proverbs chapter 1 and what we're reading right now, we are not to sleep but to stay awake spiritually. And how do we stay awake? We read God's Word. We have fellowship with the saints, with one another. We walk in the light of the Gospel and in the truth. And that is how we stay awake. Now let us go on. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Now we read this word and obviously Apostle Paul is telling the church in Rome, let us walk properly in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, meaning these people had wild parties with unrestrained sexual activity in the wild parties. And the Apostle Paul saying, we can't do that. Of course we can't do that. And what, is, what else does he say? Let us walk properly in the daytime. Why daytime? If we look in Proverbs, what is the woman of the night? Trivia question. What is the woman of the night? She is an adulterer. Now, why is the adulteress out there? Ah, because she's waiting for the male. The male's just as bad because he's going out there at night. Scripture gives us a clear understanding of what is day and what is night. What is light and what is darkness. Scripture tells us to put on the armor of light. Scripture just tells us that we read here to awake so that the light of Christ shines on you. Christ is the light. We are children of the light, not of darkness. And because we are children of the light, we must walk properly in daytime. We must be sober. And this is completely opposite of what culture teaches. Their word of love is completely skewed with the wrong meaning. Their love has nothing to do with pure, holy, righteous, clean. But it's the opposite. It's gratification, satisfying your own desire. And you'll hear it in the music. I know there's nothing to hide from here. When, when the secular music sings, oh, I want to love you tonight. We can really interpret that to, oh, I want to gratify myself tonight in my flesh and have nothing to do. That's not scriptural. If girls and guys within the church or outside the church start flirting around and saying, oh, I love you, be very cautious. Be very cautious. Don't use this word so lightly, ever. Save it for marriage. That's where the purity is. That's where the holiness is. That is where God established it and created it. It's a warning from God's Word. Now we think, and you'll hear this oftentimes, I heard it recently, when I was a Christian, 
Listen carefully. It's a stern warning. When I was a Christian, I felt like I had so much rules and I was so suppressed. And when I left Christianity, freedom. What about when Christ said, I have came to set the captives free? Culture will tell us and teach us that freedom is a total different meaning than what Christ says what freedom is. Now, what is freedom in Christ? Freedom in Christ is when we fulfill this law. Freedom in Christ is when we walk according to His Word. Freedom in Christ is when we are holy and righteous through Jesus Christ, pure, and we wait. That's practical Christianity for us young people because the world out there is bombarding the culture with all this fake love and fake love. All it is is gratification of the flesh. And the same thing goes for smoking and vaping and drugs and alcohol and so on. Far be all that from us. We are Christian. We are a Christian youth. We walk in Christ. Let us walk in the daylight. Let us walk in Christ. Let us be sober. Let us put on the breastplate of righteousness and, and the salvation that Christ has given to us so that we may have the armor of light on. And walk not according to our own fleshly desires, but according to the will of God that He desires us to live in. So that we are totally different than what the culture says. Amen? Amen? And only Jesus Christ and His blood that He shed on the cross is able to help us, forgive us, strengthen us, and give us that salvation and the renewal by the Holy Spirit that moves us forward into His will. Amen? Amen. Let us stand. Let us pray. Let us pray. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. We thank You for Your Word. We thank and we praise you, Lord, that your word is true. Oh, Jesus, we thank you that there is freedom in you. We thank you, Christ, that you are the truth and that you came to set us, the captives, free. We thank you that you came to heal the lame, Lord. We thank you, we praise you, Lord, that you came to give us life and life in abundance, Lord. For there is life in you, Jesus. There is life in the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on Calvary to give us freedom and life and hope. And we, for this, we thank and we praise you that your word is true. Oh, hallelujah. I pray, oh Lord, if there is bondage of sin in this room, I pray that you may break the bondage of sin, that you may give clarity, that your light, your word may illuminate the path and illuminate the minds, oh Lord, for Jesus Christ. You illuminated the life of the apostles and you showed them, Lord, and because of this they were able to pen the word of God by the Holy Spirit, for you illuminated their mind. And I thank you. I pray that we may be outside of the culture of this world, but may we walk in holiness and righteousness that is only given by Jesus Christ, that we may take the armor of light and put it on, for that is what Christ gives us, Lord. I ask you, Lord, bless the youth. Strengthen us, each and every single one of us, that we may not think 
ourselves more highly than we ought to, but think of ourselves with sober judgments, with humility, O oh Lord, with a broken and contrite spirit, for that is what you are pleased in, O oh Lord. When we stand before you and say, O oh God, I'm not able to do it on my own, I put my trust and my hope and my faith into Jesus Christ, the author and perfecter of my life, and I thank you and praise you for this truth. Jesus, you are the truth. I pray that each and every single one of us confesses here with our lips and our mouth and our hearts and mind that Christ, you are the Son of God, that you manifested yourself in the flesh and that you came down to earth and you died on the cross for our sins to give us life and freedom in you. We thank you for this. Bless the continuation, Lord. May you, Lord, plant the good seeds in our heart and may it continue to sprout and bring fruit for your glory, O Lord. And I pray that your word may be hidden in our heart, just as King David said, that we may not sin against you, O Lord. But teach us, lead us, reproof us, that we may be diligent to your word, diligent walking in your will, and living a life as a true Christian. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Glory be unto thy name. And may you receive the glory, the praise, the honor, and thanksgiving. Thank you for everything, Jesus. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for tonight. Encourage us, strengthen us, and bless us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Slava Isusu. Можно услышать? Praise the Lord. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Slava Bogu. He deserves the glory. He deserves the praise. Thank you for his word. We're going to be praying for needs, нужды, благодарности. So this is the time to share. Um, I was talking to, while you're preparing, I'll just share a few thoughts. I was talking to our missionaries uh, today, and um, they just came from a service that they served uh, where people preached and so on, and some people that I never knew that can preach, preached from our youth. Praise God for that. So we might have new preachers here. Uh, but they are, I asked Andre, are you guys tired? He's like, well, the youth is playing volleyball right now. So <laughs> not so much, I guess. You know, they're, they're, they're physically good. Um, and I asked him about the, how it's going and what they're doing. Они говорят, что на прошлой неделе была евангелизация, было четыре дня. Uh, где приходили люди from particular village, приходили дети каждый день. And uh, they had two times they had um, evangelical services where they preached to the parents and to the kids. And it says that uh, one day there was 90 kids, 90 детей пришло, from just one village. Слава Богу! Слава Богу! Это посеянное семя. And they preached, and they preached, they targeted the, the adults, but he said the kids came out. The kids came out and they repented and they accepted Christ. And I asked them, oh, wow, uh, you know, must be the adults have more to lose, you know, so they're not ready to make that step. And he said, well, or maybe, maybe they're more proud. And that's what is in the way of giving life to Christ. You know, sometimes our pride stands between us and Christ. We don't want to submit. We don't want to bow down. We don't want to be, you know, looked down from the culture, from the people in the culture. 
because you are a Christian and we try to play or act um, like the world because of our pride, because of who we are. So the great word today, God bless you, Andy, spasiba. Um, I pray that that word, this word makes change in my heart and in your heart as well. If you have needs, благодарности, нужды, please share with us. We'll be praying. Благодарность, okay. And need, yes. Слава Богу. There's a progress at the camp that they're building and it's a thanksgiving and also a prayer for the family. Благодарность, слава Богу. Brothers, have a need, also a need, okay. Благодарность, okay. Sisters, благодарность, слава Богу. Слава Богу. Саша. За выздоровление. Пусть Бог тебя укрепит. Yes. И благодарность еще одна. И нужда, и благодарность. Хорошо, let's do this. Да, люди, которые стоят у тебя. Благодарность. Нужда. Люди, которые вы стоите возле. Yes, Evelyn. A need? Okay, we'll pray for your need. If you can pray for your neighbor, for the people that shared a need, или благодарность, Pray for them. You're the closest to them. Just remember that they have a need. И давайте помолимся за тех, кто стоят возле нас рядом. Давайте встанем. Господь, мы приходим к Тебе. We come to You, our Lord, with faith. We come to You because You are Father. And we don't have any fear because You are the Father. You are our Father and You know us. Ты знаешь нас, Господь, и Ты видишь, Господь. Мы не можем от Тебя спрятаться. Мы не можем спрятать наших нужд и наших желаний. Но так часто мы боимся, Господь, все отдать Тебе. To give it all to You. To fully submit to You, Jesus. We're afraid. We're afraid that we're going to lose something, Господь. But I pray tonight that You set the captives free. I pray that You set the captives free and You allow us to give it all to You, Jesus. To give it all to You. All the circumstances and stop Stop fighting. Stop fighting with, with the circumstances. Stop fighting with people around us. But give it all to you. Все предать Тебе, Господь. Я прошу, дай нам силы, смелости, Господь, отдать каждую нужду в Твои руки, чтобы пришел ответ от Тебя, и чтобы Твое имя было прославлено, Господь. At the end, that Your name may be glorified. I thank You and I worship You with those who uh, have thanksgivings. Благодарности, Господь. Спасибо Тебе, что Ты отвечаешь на наши молитвы. Слышишь их, Господь. Слава Тебе и благодарность. You know the prayer for the health. Bless our brother with, uh, with a healing. Благослови его, Господь. Благослови эту семью, которая нуждается в молитве, Господи. That is going through hard times. Укрепи, Господь. Дай им силы и дай им победу во имя Иисуса Христа. Господь, Ты знаешь каждую нужду здесь. Ответь на нее, пожалуйста. Вовремя. И как Ты умеешь отвечать, наш Бог. А мы благодарим Тебя, славим за это доброе и благоприятное время. Благослови наших миссионеров, Господь, на Украине, в Молдавии, Господи, во всех других местах, где сегодня трудятся наши миссионеры. Господь, благослови. Дай им слово от Тебя. Пусть Дух Святой делает работу в сердцах 
и Твое Царство расширится, Господь. Во имя Иисуса Христа, Господь, я прошу о всех христианах, all the Christians around the globe, especially those in China, in India, you know the persecution, you know the hard times that they're going through. And we don't want to forget that. We want to pray for them and want to use us to sustain them, to give them strength. I know that they're praying, praying to you and asking you to come and give them salvation. Jesus, bless them. Sustain the family, sustain the churches, the pastors, and give them strength to be victorious. In Jesus' name we pray and worship you, Lord. Amen. Brothers and sisters, we have a guest today. Um, and откуда вы? Из Молдавии, какой город? Из одного из районов Молдавии, да. Я сам с Молдавии тоже, да. Поэтому очень приятно. Спасибо. Пусть Бог благословит вас. Мы очень рады, что вы с нами. Мне быть очень приятно среди вас. И чтобы мне сказали где-то месяца восемь назад, что я буду стоять у вас здесь, именно в Америке, я бы не поверил. У меня никого здесь нету из родных, ни братьев, ни сестер. Просто есть друзья, которые выехали от нас из церкви. И я никогда не думал, не планировал здесь быть. У меня вообще не было планов в моей голове. Но Произошло так, что я стою среди вас, слава Богу. И просто короткое свидетельство, почему я здесь. Два года назад я несу служение дьяконское, и мы собрались с молодежью, чтобы молиться за крещение Святым Духом. Были сосуды среди нас, и мы начали молиться. Но прежде, перед этим... Весь, вся молодежь прошла исповедание. Вся молодежь, буквально три часа исповедовала вся молодежь. И мы начали молиться. Начали молиться, и сошла такая сила благодати. Я вспоминаю, когда, как есть написано, что облако сходило на скинию. Я впервые в жизни такое испытывал. Я как находился в облаке Божьей благодати. За вот эти четыре дня, когда облако Божье стояло на том месте у нас в собрании, я не ел и не пил. Я скинул где-то 4 килограмма. Просто я не хотел есть просто. Настолько было сильное присутствие Божье, что у меня не было просто слов. Когда ты это переживаешь, это есть что-то. И поэтому я понимаю теперь, когда ты находишься в общении с Богом, что значит находиться вообще в другом измерении. Плоть вообще не нужна. И в тот, в тот вечер, когда мы первый раз начали молиться, 14 человек Бог крестил Духом Святым. Крестил 14 человек, и впоследствии вот этих четырех дней Бог так начал работать среди нас, что излил благодать 12 человек. Начали пророчествовать, начали проявляться видения, Откровение, и в тот, как бы вот в эти дни, первый раз я запророчествовал, когда сошла сила Духа Святого. И вот это произошло, я начинаю с конца, как вот этот путь приближался, чтобы я попал сюда к вам. 
Бог так готовил нас, вот эту команду, которая были проявления даров. Некоторые, кто попал в вот эту благодать Божью, то они как, как Саул, да, попал и пророчествовал среди. Но это было только... Но некоторые сегодня уже трудятся, как сосуды, есть пророческое слово, Бог дает откровение, видение и так далее. И вот буквально это было в январе месяце, и подошел ко мне брат, который отсюда от вас в церкви, и говорит, дай мне данные твоего паспорта, я хочу попробовать тебя пригласить к нам в Америку. Я вам скажу, это просто для меня было ну, шок. Я не знаю, как по-английски это. это да. я, и мне пришлось уже действовать. Я думаю, хорошо, да, будет как будет. Я знаю, может, брат забудет, что он мне даст приглашение. Прошло время, привозят мне приглашение, там деньги на то, чтобы пройти визу, чтобы открыли. Я пришел, я, я не просто не, вы не поверите, я с первого раза вошел, вошел в посольство, мне открыли на 10 лет визу. Многие говорят, что такого не может быть, но я знаю, по 6 раз, по 8 шли и не открывали. Я с первого раза прошел. Я просто видел, как Бог управлял всем, что я должен сюда попасть. Я не знаю почему, я простой, я родился в Казахстане, так жизнь привела меня в Молдову, я женился там, простой человек, с села, живу в селе, очень простой человек. И когда мне сказали, что мне нужно будет сюда ехать, я говорю, Господи, что я буду здесь делать? Это Америка, тут люди грамотные, проповедники и так далее, ну, понимаете, да? Я говорил искренне так, как есть, и Бог мне сказал слово, я хочу пробудить многие сердца. Бог меня привел... Когда я летел в самолете, я первый раз, ну, я в самолете летал, ну, в Союзе, но первый раз, чтобы пройти таможню, все это, не запутаться во всех этих аэропортах, я молился, Господи, дай мне человека, который бы мог, помог мне разобраться во всем этом. Я прошел только в Кишиневе, в аэропорту уже, чтобы садиться в самолет. Знакомые братья, брат и сестра. Я с ними долетел до Сан-Франциско, и потом уже мы разделились. Ну, в общем... В Мюнхене, э, в Франкфурте, извиняюсь, э, таможню у меня проверял пятьдесятник. Когда я ему показал, кто я, куда еду, он говорит, я тоже христианин, пентикостал. И мы так поняли друг друга. Я видел во всем руку Божью. И поэтому я сегодня здесь. Э, сегодня здесь среди вас мне действительно очень... Я не верю, когда я... Приехал, а самолет опустился. Я не верил, что я в Америке, что я прилетел. Для меня это все в таком состоянии. Я еще во сне. Во сне, но уже спать некогда, уже я здесь среди вас. И Бог, Бог хочет сказать вам слово. Бог хочет многих поднять здесь, на этом месте для служения. Здесь есть многие те, которые повязаны в грехах не свободны и томятся долгое время и уже разбились в вере и здесь только их держит может быть родители может быть еще друзья но не все служат искренне Богу и когда я зашел сюда вот сел началось служение я понял Бог говорит вам слово через служение 
Вообще я хочу сказать о том, что слышишь ли ты сегодня голос Божий. Если ты слышишь голос Божий, это Бог с тобой, понимаешь? Ты должен понять одну вещь. Написано в Слове Божьем, я читаю. Евангелие от Яна, 3 глава. Все меня понимают? Евангелие от Яна, 3 глава, с 3 стиха. Я немножко укорачиваю. Иисус сказал ему в ответ, «Истина, истина говорю тебе, если кто не родится свыше, не может увидеть Царство Божие». Негодим говорит ему, «Как может человек родиться, будучи стар? Неужели может он в другой раз войти в утробу матери своей и родиться?» Иисус отвечал, «Истина, истина говорю тебе, если кто не родится от воды и духа, не может войти в Царство Божие. Рожденное от плоти есть плоть, а рожденное духа есть дух». Не удивляйся тому, что я сказал тебе, должно вам родиться свыше. Дух дышит, где хочет, и голос его слышишь, а не знаешь, откуда приходит и куда уходит. Так бывает со всяким рожденным от духа. Это то, на чем мы, чтобы мы немножко порассуждали. Многие люди собираются в Царство Божие. Но этот вопрос многих христиан тревожит. Я поэтому хочу спросить сегодня тебя, слышишь ли ты голос Божий? Смотрите, что говорит Иисус человеку Божию, Никодиму. Человек Божий, правда? Это человек Божий был. Он говорит, не удивляйся тому, что я тебе сказал. Тебе надо бы народиться свыше. Он говорит, как нужно войти в утробу матери? Как? Это очень важный вопрос, когда ты слышишь голос своей жизни. Когда я испытал это, чтобы слышать голос Божий, это просто прекрасно, когда ты слышишь голос Божий. И если ты сегодня в общении с Богом, ты слышишь с самого начала служения, что Бог тебе начал говорить. Вы смотрите, что прочитали с самого начала. Многие уже не помнят то, что сказано. Они себе в своей, на своей волне. Но Бог с самого начала сказал в своем слове. Это Иоанна, первая глава. Начали читать. Вначале было слово, и слово было у Бога. Слышишь? У Бога было слово, и никто его не изменит. И нет в нем тени перемены. Оно не изменяется. Хотя многие сегодня изменяют. Если посмотреть сегодня, сколько существует переводов. Очень много. И истину, значит, почему это делается? Обратите внимание, когда Иисус был в искушении, э, дьявол его искушал. Чем он его искушал? Он ему говорил комиксы, он ему читал газеты, он ему говорил Слово Божье. Дьявол хитрый, у него очень хороший опыт. И он сегодня искушает людей Словом Божьим. Только его переворачивает, его изменяет. И многие попадают в эту ловушку и не свободны. Сегодня очень много изменилось в Библии. Изменили его люди, но не Бог. И этим я хочу сказать, что если ты слышал голос Божий, с самого начала Бог тебе начал говорить, что не изменяй Слово Божье, потому что оно было с самого начала. И ты не имеешь права изменять. Как написано в Писании, так и должно быть. Так и делай. Многие извратили это извратили. Буквально несколько дней назад, это случай из моей жизни, когда Бог с тобой говорит. Получилось так, что мне подарили автобус, и пришлось так, что мне нужно было его продать. 
сделать кое-какие документы. И я, ну, выхода другого не было, я должен был его продать. Договорился с человеком, мы договорились за цену, уже надо было мне ехать, договорились даже, куда я должен был его отвезти. Он уехал, оставил мне деньги на дорогу, чтобы я привез его в тот город, куда нужно было ехать. Он уехал, а мне на сердце так тяжело. Я не могу понять, почему такое происходит. Вот Дух Святой начал во мне томиться. Друзья, Дух Святой — это личность. Понимаете, Дух Святой — это не просто знамение, когда люди говорят на языках. Дух Святой — это личность. И когда Бог тебя крестил Духом Святым, Он поселился в твое сердце. Написано, вы храм Бога Живого. И Бог говорит с тобою. Вот это то, чего должен вырасти человек. Когда ты узнал Слово Божье, услышал, ты, оно коснулось тебе. Дальше тебе нужно научиться быть в отношениях с Богом, чтобы говорить с Господом. Написано, Дух Святой наставит, обличит и будущее возвесит. Правда? Он тебя научит. Потому что искушение приходит из многих сторон. Искушение приходит от очень многого. Но Он тебя наставит, поэтому... Нужно сделать все, чтобы в твоей жизни говорил тебе Дух Святой. И надо народиться свыше. Люди, не рожденные свыше, здесь говорит Иисус, не то, что будут, они вообще не увидят. Они вообще не увидят Царство Божие. Далеко они от Царства Божьего, которые не родятся свыше. Я продолжаюсь, возвращаясь к тому, о чем я говорил, прихожу, говорю жене, слушай, что-то мне так тяжело, я не знаю, что-то неправильно, наверное, происходит. Она говорит тоже, почему-то мне не нравится, как ты договорился и так далее. Как-то все мы обоюдно согласились, и я ему звоню, не знаю, почему я ему звоню, слушай, я отказываюсь, у нас сделка, все, я тебе передам деньги, ну все, я передумал. Извинился перед ним, и у нас было служение молитвенное, там должны была работа сосудами, и мы приходим, и Бог говорит мне в сердце, слушай, тебе нужно отдать его. Тебе нужно его подарить. Я говорю, Господи, ну он такой старенький, думаю, кому он нужен? Ну вот так, да, нужен. Зачем он нужен и так далее. И оно живет во мне. И уже закончилось собрание. Я говорю, слушай, жена, вот так Бог мне сказал, что я должен этот автобус подарить. Она говорит, хорошо, пусть будет так. Если так тебе сказал Бог, пусть будет так. А я переживаю, думаю, он уже старенький, кому-то отдать его, думаю, навязать, люди поймут, думают, хочет его выкинуть и отдать кому-то. Переживаю тоже за это, думаю, ну, разное бывает в жизни. Когда я сказал этому человеку, он обрадовался. Я увидел, что это было проведение Божье. Оказывается, у этого брата, у него тоже большая семья, у него есть хороший бус, он себе купил, дорогой. Но так существует жизнь в Молдове, что, понимаете, там занимается сельским хозяйством, поля, огороды, и у него поле с арбузами, с арбузами. И он говорит, я поехал на этом автобусе новом несколько раз, потому что другого нету. Купить вторую машину у нас практически невозможно. Две машины имеют люди, это очень тяжело, очень тяжело. И он говорит, я поехал на этом автобусе туда, вода разлилась и так далее. Он дал хорошую, приличную сумму, он ездил одно время на работу так, и так далее. Когда я ему сказал, я просто увидел, что для меня это было доказательство того, что это Божья работа. 
я подумал, Господи, вот почему мне было тяжело. Я говорю, как прекрасно, когда Дух Святой живет в нашем сердце, и Он управляет нами. Как прекрасно, когда Дух Святой тебя ведет, и ты слышишь этот голос. Слышишь этот голос. И дальше, что я хочу сказать. Смотрите. Но важно, важно понимать то, когда говорит Дух Святой. Только тогда, когда живешь ты свято. Когда ты не живешь свято, Дух Святой, Он будет тебя всегда сначала обличать. Его можно угасить. Написано, не угашайте Духа Святого. Понимаете, когда человек делает грех, Дух Святой стенает. Сначала, когда мы пребываем вот в этом присутствии Божьем Духа Святого, когда у нас все правильно, то Дух Святой говорит нам, мы вместе работаем. Но как только грех приходит в жизнь человека, сразу происходит разделение. Да? Дух Святой начинает знать. И мы сначала слышим, слышим, а потом все мертво. Дух Святой перестал с тобой говорить, ты уже живешь своей жизнью, тебе кажется, что правильно, что нормально, и тогда ты уже пропал. Тогда ты уже не свободный. И Господь мне говорит сейчас, что здесь есть те, которые не свободны от греха. Бог хочет подарить вам новую жизнь, подарить вам новые одежды. Есть те, которые истомились и ждут уже того, чтобы освободиться, но не знают выхода. Многие опустили руки, просто опустили руки, потому что не видят выхода. Они много раз пробовали оставлять, зная, что это нельзя делать, не могут. Многие зависимы от порно. Бог говорит, здесь есть люди, которые многие зависимы от порно. Здесь есть много тех, которые зависимы от телефона. Они не свободны. Просто рабы телефона. Я не кидаю сейчас чей-то адрес камень, я говорю слова Божьи. Бог говорит, что многие не свободны. Маленький такой контраст, чтобы вы поняли. Сколько ты берешь в своей жизни Библию и сколько ты берешь телефон, просто сравни. И когда это становится выше, если ты христианин и твоя жизнь в Боге, это должно быть больше. А телефон это необходимая часть твоей жизни позвонить, на работу поехать и так далее. Но многие не свободны, они стали рабами вот этой, вот этой заразы, не свободны. Если ты сейчас слышишь голос Божий, и Бог говорит тебе в сердце, что тебе нужно покаяние, тебе сейчас происходит борьба. Начинаешь бороться. Если ты, если ты отвергаешь этот зов, отвергаешь этот зов, ты останешься зависимым. Поэтому я хочу, чтобы мы сейчас встали на ноги. Аллилуйя. Храмена гебеда схалтер, арбиде гемана келсен, арбиде кемана глаз. Ты говоришь, что ты жив, но ты мертв. Говорит Господь, храмена гебеда гелтер, халсик храмена гелс. Аллилуйя, храмена гебеда схалтер.